word. Amen. God got a word for you. Amen. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a Sunday morning this morning. I've been doing Wednesday nights on the fundamentals of our faith, what we believe, why we believe it, and how important it is. And we've been talking on Wednesdays about sanctification and uh, how how uh, we set ourselves apart. That word means to set yourself apart unto the Lord. Amen. And so this morning, I'm going to do this this morning instead of uh, Wednesday night. This is going to be kind of what would have been a one, one of those things I mentioned on Wednesday night. And the Bible talks about setting uh, things apart. That are, for, for example, we talked on Wednesday night about setting our, our mouth apart, taming our tongue, and, and sanctifying that tongue for God's glory. Uh, other thing would be your eyes, what you look at. Another thing would be your ears, what you hear, setting our lives apart, our, our physical body. And this morning, I forgot to bring it in office, but uh, I want to talk about sanctifying our wallet. Amen. Sanctifying our wallets. How many know that if we set everything apart, we need to set the things that are financial apart unto God as well. Amen. And some of you just went, ooh. Man, I don't know if I'm going to like this. So you're going to like it. Amen? I promise you. This is going to be a gift. I told you that this sanctification series was a gift. I want to apologize that that projector is not working. It is um, just trying to cause me and Chris to lose more hair. Amen? It's just it's, it's, it's bothering us. So it's, it, that's why we look like this. Uh, we thought we had it fixed Wednesday night. Actually, we did have it fixed Wednesday night, and then it just decided not to work again this morning. So sorry for all of you over here that have to stare away over there. Um, we're going to get it fixed in Jesus' name. They thought it was just a cable. But I want to talk this morning about where your treasure is, okay, where your treasure is. Now, uh, Pastor Andrews read Malachi, asked him to read it this morning so that I wouldn't have to reference it. Um, the Bible talks very clearly about tithes, and, but I don't just want to talk about tithes this morning. I want to talk beyond that because a lot of times people can be tithers, and just in case you don't know what that is, that's giving 10% of your income. It's, it's biblical. It's from Genesis to Revelation started way back in the Old Testament. Uh, there are people today that will teach that tithing is no longer uh, uh, something we need to do. Um, there's a lot of people teaching that and, and that we just need to give offerings. And, and there's people that go back and forth on these teachings. But I can tell you that what they'll say a lot of times is that tithing um, was under the law and that that's why it's Old Testament and it's not in the New Testament and we don't have to do it. And I want you to know something. We don't have to do anything. But we get to. You don't have to pray, but you get to. You don't have to come to church, but you get to. You don't have to give, but you get to. Amen? You don't have to be saved, but you get to. It's a good thing. Amen? These are things we choose to do. God gave us free will. So, but in the New, in the New Testament, it's, it's mentioned one time by Jesus, and he says, uh, don't stop doing it. And he talks about something else and never says that's gone. In matter of fact, he didn't even give it much time because he didn't even think it would be an issue that he would even have to talk about it. Because it was established in the Old Testament before the law was ever written with Jacob and Abraham. Amen. And those are pretty, pretty good guys. Amen. So I don't want to just talk about that this morning, but I want to talk about some things where you would become a person this morning that would be a generous person and a giving person. And so I want to start off in Matthew 13. I've got some really good stuff this morning for you. Um, Verse 44, if, you, if you're there, give me an amen. amen. And while you're getting there, don't miss tonight. We've got a special, special treat for you. Be, beyond, we got the music, we got something for the kids, but it's gonna be, I got a special treat for you. You don't want to miss it, I'm telling you. Don't, don't miss coming back tonight to support the kids and the children's church, um, but it's going to be a great service at 6 o'clock, amen? Verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. That's why the, the, this, this, this topic is, where is your treasure, okay? It is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells, and look what this word is right here that Pastor Andrews mentioned in the, in the, in the offering verse, all, that's a good thing to write, to underline, say all with me, all, okay? All that he has and buys that field. So then it goes on in the next verse to say, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who went and found, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all, there it is again, that he had and bought it. Lord, this morning for the next few minutes, just anoint me to preach your word. 
anoint these ears of all these precious people here this morning that came to learn this morning, came to have a hunger for your word and for that, for that hunger to be filled. And God, your word says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. We just pray for an anointing upon this service. We pray this morning, God, that you would teach us to be generous, teach us to be givers, teach us to be obedient, but more than anything, Lord, to love you with everything we have and everything that we are. Lord, we we come against every spirit of darkness that would hinder your word this morning and cause it not to bear fruit in our lives. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the Bible talks about money over 800 times. 800 mentions in Scripture of the word money. And not even just money, but anything that has to pertain to money. So I would think it's probably a quite important subject. And a lot of people in church especially don't like to talk about money. And if you're new to this church or haven't been coming very long, you probably haven't even heard me preach on it. Because I don't preach on it very often. Probably don't preach on it enough. Um, my pastor, Pastor Jones, tells us we should preach about money at least every three months because it's an important principle in our lives. I'm not going to go to the verse this morning, but as you're sitting here, if, you could, if I could show the thoughts that are going through your mind right now up on that screen, it would be very interesting. Some of you would already be thinking about the Dallas Cowboys game. Some of you would be showing an angry face emoji. Amen. How many ever seen those emojis? Some of you would be with your eyes up like this. Some of you would be asleep. I don't know what emoji you have this morning, but I want you to have a happy emoji when this is over. Amen? If you don't know what an emoji is, that's a face, facial expression. I think everybody knows what that is nowadays. When you start to talk about finances in church, here's the problem. Like anything, things get abused. And there's a lot of churches today and a lot of ministries today that abuse finances and, 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 and abuse the teachings of finances. And I love what my pastor taught me. He said, the church and God is not trying to get your money from you. God's trying to get money to you. God wants you to understand that he owns everything already and everything is already his. And when we begin to have a generous heart and begin to open up our spirits to the Lord, he begins to give more to us. He begins to allow us to see his hand upon our things more. And I'm telling you, there's not one person in this place, unless you're uh, straight up lying, that doesn't want more. Everybody wants more, and you might want more for different reasons, but most, most people, when their heart is right with God, want more so they can be more to give more to the kingdom of God, so they can help more. And I want to I read something to you just to throw this right off the bat, uh, get this out and, and get you thinking about it. A lot of times, and I, I can admit I was kind of like this when I, was, when I was younger and I first got saved, we begin to think about money and we think, man, if I just had more money, and if I just had more things, I could just do so much more. And that's a mentality that a lot of people have. Everyone in here, I don't think we have anybody in here that's a millionaire. Definitely don't have a billionaire, amen. Um, but we, I don't think anybody in here has got that crazy, crazy amount of money. But everybody's dreamed about having a lot of money. Everybody's thought, man, if I just had more, if I just had more. And, and we see those rich people, and we think, man, if I just had if I just had what they had, if I just had their resources, if I just had their finances. And, and a lot of times Christians would say, if I had the money they had, man, I would build hospitals and I would build churches and I would give to the poor and I would do all these things. But it's funny that that same person that says that doesn't give a dollar off of 10 right now. So I don't know how you think it would translate that you would give $100,000 off of a million if you don't give a dollar off of 10. Can you say amen? That's just a fact. And it's an erroneous thought to think that if I just had more, I'd be a bigger giver. And God is so clear about that in his word because he says, he says in his word, if you have been faithful with little, then you'll be given much. But I want to read just a few quotes. I thought this was really, really interesting. A few quotes this morning from some people who've had money. Because a lot of times we think, man, those people that have money, they, they must be so happy. Vanderbilt said, the care of $200 million is enough to kill anyone. There's no pleasure in it. $200 million. Some of you think, I'd like to have that chance to see if I, how I feel about it. Amen. John Jacob Astor said, I'm the most miserable man on earth. John D. Rockefeller said, I have made, watch this, I have made many millions, 
but they have brought me no happiness. Anthony Carnegie says, millionaires seldom smile. And last, last one, this is really imp- interesting. Henry Ford said, I was happier when I was doing a mechanic's job. Now, I'm just quoting them. I, 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 don't, I don't know what they were going through, but I do know this. If, if somebody does not have Jesus Christ in their life and they're not saved, they're poor. Doesn't matter how much money you have, they'll never be happy. Money cannot buy happiness. It cannot buy peace. It cannot buy joy. I've, I've used this example a lot of times. Got a lot of new people here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete, and I like to listen to athletes. And um, Deion Sanders uh, was, a, was a two-way athlete. He made lots of money, lives here in, in the Metroplex. Um, he says he's a believer. I don't know him. I hope he is. I believe he is. He says he's a believer. But now, but he wasn't always a believer. And he tells his testimony when he got saved that when he, he was uh, making all that money, that he tried and tried and tried to buy happiness. And he did it in a lot of ways, but the last time he tried, he said, if, he said he felt in his heart if he could go and buy a Ferrari. He always wanted to have a Ferrari. And he said, if I could buy a Ferrari with cash, if I could go into the dealership with a bag of money and buy it cash, I feel like that would make me happy. This is his testimony. He went in, found the most expensive Ferrari that was there. He said, here's my money. He paid for it cash. He got in that thing, started it up, got to the edge of the parking lot, began to turn out into the street and says that his heart sunk. And he thought what was going to make him happy made him sadder and more miserable. And then he goes on to say that, I don't know if it was that day or later, he tried to drive that Ferrari off a cliff and take his own life. What, what good does it do to have money if you don't have Jesus? But here's the thing. When you have Jesus, <clears throat> you all of a sudden are rich. Okay? Beyond anything you can ever imagine. Okay? I want you to think about this this morning. We're going to go over to um, uh, Luke chapter 3. I want to quote John the Baptist this morning. That might be an interesting person to quote when we're talking about uh, things of, of giving or finances or anything like that. And you might think, man, this is not a good, this is not a good month to preach this, Pastor. It's December. i got to buy gifts. Don't do this to me right now. Don't go there. Wait till January. Amen. Let me tell you something. Have you ever bought a gift for somebody with somebody else's money? Okay, if you have, when, you, when they open that gift, you, you, you're not happy because the, the, you, didn't, you didn't buy that gift for them. You might feel good in the sense, okay, they got a gift, but somebody else gave you money for it. Don't, don't buy gifts this Christmas with God's money. Amen? Amen? That was a good place to say amen. Thank you for that whistle. Amen. What's God is God's and what's yours is yours. Okay? And I just want to make this simple. God wants to bless you, wants to get more back to you, wants to put things through your hands. But he asks us for principles. And the first thing he wants this morning is our heart. Okay? And a lot of times our hearts can be in the wrong place. There were some um, uh, statistics given that the average American shops six hours a week while spending 40 minutes playing with their children. By age 20, we've seen one million commercials, so we can tell what commercials dictate in our lives. Recently, more Americans declared bankruptcy than graduated from college. And in in 90% of divorce cases, arguments are always about money. 90% of people that get divorced get get divorced over money, and it doesn't mean they even have money. It doesn't mean they have to have a lot of money. I want you to know something, a poverty mentality or an erroneous mentality towards money doesn't come from how much you have. It comes from understanding God's principles, okay? And I, I, here's what I want you to know this morning. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless us. But we don't preach what they call a prosperity gospel that we're going to sit here and say, uh, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 13, verse 23, and the Holy Spirit's telling me that if you'll give $13.23 this morning, God's going to bless you. Amen. Those televangelists are schemers, man. They'll open up the, first of all, if I was going to do that, I'd open up to like Psalm 119, you know, get a bigger number at least. But they'll do that. I'm telling you, it's a scary and sad thing that people abuse. God just wants us to learn his principles. And when we learn his principles, the number one one is that I understand that everything that I have is from God. Everything that I have is from God. And I want to give back to God what he asked for. And here's what he asked for this morning. Somebody say, okay, it's 10%. No, it's everything. God wants everything back. Let's look what John the Baptist said in Luke chapter 3. Let me know if you're there. 
He's, he's preaching before Jesus comes. Okay, He's setting the way for Jesus. And it's really interesting. I thought this was really, really interesting. And I've definitely never preached this chapter um, anytime I've ever talked about giving or tithing or, or offerings or, or generosity or treasure. But this was interesting. The people asked him in verse 10. And they said, what shall we do then? They're, they're basically, they're pricked in their hearts and they're wanting to know more. And he says, what shall they do? Here's what his answer is. He says, he who has two tunics... Let him give to him who has none. He who has food, let him do likewise. And then the tax collectors came and, and to be baptized and said, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. And likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely. Watch this. And be content with your wages. Amen? This is really interesting because he, he talked mostly 80% there about things that were financial when it had to do with being saved. And this is the thing that's interesting. A lot of times people, they give their lives to Jesus Christ. But like I said earlier, the last thing that gets saved is their wallet. And why is that? Because the verse says that I was going to quote earlier and I forgot to quote it. He says the love of money in 1 Timothy is what? The root of all evil. The love of money. Meaning, if I don't understand that the, any money I have, whether it's a dollar or a million, is God's. And it came from God. And, it's, and I have to give everything in my heart back to the Lord. Okay, I want you to write these three, these three things down. Um, I, I asked my pastor this morning, who had a father who was a millionaire. So he knows what money is. I said, give me your best nugget on, on giving this morning. Here's what he said. Tithing money is blessed money. Okay? Tithing money is blessed money. So when I get to a place where I say, um, I made $100 this week, I'm giving the 10 that God asked me for to him as obedience. And then out of that, after that, my blessing comes from what the Lord puts on my heart to give. But tithing money is blessed money. How many know what the opposite of that would be? Cursed. Okay? I don't want to go there. I don't want to spend a lot of time, any time on that. I'm not here to scare you or, or put fear in you. The Bible says that in, in Malachi that Pastor Andrews read this morning. It's simply you got to understand, if I want my money to be blessed, it needs to be God's money. Amen? Amen? And, and I want to give this example that, that I've seen, and this is just a example. When I was in Costa Rica, and I'm going to give you three more things in a second that Pastor told me to write down uh, that I wanted to hear from him. And when I was in Costa Rica, um, I gave this example to the guys one Sunday, one, one, one discipleship, I think. We had this, this man in our church. We were in a very, very poor area. Most of you know that. And I mean really, really poor, like dirt floors, poor area, tin houses. Um, if, if people had tile in their house, they were very well off. Uh, average, two or $300 a month income. And uh, we, we, did, God, God, we saw God do miraculous things in that church that still exists today and is doing great. Amen. Landon knows that church very well. He was in it for a long time as his parents and them took our church over. And that church is doing really well today. And for now, for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, that church, that poor church has been paying the rent on that building for 10 or 15 years. Indigenous from us, just, just, just seeing God move in their lives. But we saw miracle after miracle from people that had very little and gave everything they, had, they could give, and God blessed it, okay? But what I saw there is an example of a man who we had in ministry. And, and we, we as, as a church, we don't, we don't check and see if all of you are tithing. We don't look in there and, and then and as I'm looking out at you today, I know who's, who is and who isn't. But when it comes to leadership, we do expect our leaders and anybody in this church that preaches or prays or serves to do what God asked them to do and be tithers. We do expect that. And we found out in, in, in the church in Costa Rica that uh, this one guy in leadership, he was actually a keyboard player, very talented, did not tithe. And, 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 and did, if he did, it was very sporadic and it wasn't very often. And so I had to address it with him and I had to say, there's something wrong. What's going on? And we had the conversation and he would say, I, I just can't do it. I, I just can't do it. I, I, I can't afford it. And we had these conversations. And I want you to know something this morning. You can't afford not to tithe. Amen. Because when you don't give what, God is, what is God's, you are walking with a cursed wallet. Amen. You don't have God's blessing. And I'm not even going to the side of, of hurting you. I'm going, to, why would I want to have a, a wallet like that when my wallet can be blessed? 
when my wallet can be covered by the blood of Jesus, amen, out of obedience. So we had this conversation, and the interesting thing was is this is a man who, who worked at a private school and made probably at least five times more money than anybody else in the church. He was the most well-off person in our entire church. He was an instructor in a private school, had a great salary, but yet the interesting thing was he could never pay his bills. He was always broke. His car was always broke down. He never had money. And then we had all these other people in the church who made very little money but were prospered and always had money and could always pay their bills. What was the difference between those two people? One understood the principles of giving God what's his, and the other one did not and said, I can't afford it, and continued to walk down that cursed life of never having anything work out right. I am not saying this morning that if you're a tither and you're a giver, everything's always going to be perfect. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say that. But here's the key that was not read this morning. You can look at it later. This is the key of being a giver to God. It says in that same book of Malachi, please don't go there now for time, but write it down. I think it's the following verse in 11. It says that when you are in God's economy and you give to God what is his, the Bible says that he will rebuke the devourer. Meaning he will protect you. And he will keep the harm of the enemy from your stuff. Okay, and he will. He will, what it means is if I'm a, I'm a faithful tither and I'm giving what's God's His and I'm I'm doing what's obedient and I'm walking in that consistently and I'm and I'm and I'm, I'm doing the right thing. That when a problem comes along, God will make a way. God will make a way. Refrigerators break down, cars break down, ACs go out, things happen, jobs, pay cuts, all kinds of things happen. But I can tell you this morning, as an example, I can't speak for anybody else, I have been tithing now for 25 years. I've never, ever, ever missed a meal. I've never had my house taken from me. I've never missed a mortgage payment. I've never missed a rent payment. I've never had a car taken back. That's a good place to say amen. I've never had, I didn't say it. I haven't had refrigerators go out, cars break down. I haven't I didn't say it. God has always provided. Always. And I have a trust this morning in my heart that I know God will provide. And it is not even a question for me. If I tithe or not, it is not even a question. And, and here's the thing. I have a decision in my spirit this morning that God's tithe will be paid before anything else. In my house and in this church, I want you to know that we tithe as a church. Whatever comes into this church to pay the bills, we take 10% of that and we send it to missions. Here's a great place to invest. You know why? I was thinking about this one Sunday. When I give my tithe to this church... I'm actually doing double. Where can you get, you tell me where in this world you can get double return for an investment. Nowhere. Nowhere. Not any bank, not any kind of system. Well, we give our tithe and it's doubly blessed because it doesn't just bless the house of God. It goes on to Africa this morning where we're having a conference, amen, and hundreds of people are getting saved right now in Kenya. That goes there out of the money I give here, amen? How many are with me? Okay, so tithing money is blessed. Here, he's, here's the three things he told me. Very interesting. He says it gives you, number one, a healthy personality. This is my pastor's nuggets. He says it gives you a healthy personality. Number two, gives you a sense of God's favor. A sense of God's favor. I think this is interesting, what he told me, because... You might have thought if he gave me these three nuggets, he might have said in there somewhere, well, it'll give you a bigger house, or it'll give you a bigger bank account, or it'll get you a new car. None of the three things my pastor told me had anything to do with material things. He said it'll give you a healthy personality, it'll give you a sense of God's favor, and number three, it'll give you an eternal destiny. An eternal destiny. You know when the light bulb really begins to come on? is when you begin to realize that I'm not giving to a church or I'm not giving to an organization. I'm giving back to, actually, to God. Amen? Amen. Let's go to, um, I have another scripture I want you to see. Matthew uh, 13, I believe it is. Give me an amen when you get there.
Sorry, Mark 12. I was like, we already read that. Mark 12. I love to hear those pages turn. It's awesome. Mark chapter 12. So it would take a while to go over the 800 times that are mentioned in Scripture this morning, so we're not going to do that. Mark chapter 12. Verse 41. Let me know when you're there. It's an interesting story. Jesus says in verse 41 of Mark 12, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how, many the, how, how, saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. And then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrants. And he called his disciples to himself and said, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in, watch this, out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had her whole livelihood. Now, am I asking you this morning, or is God asking you this morning to give everything you have? And right here, just to go sell everything and give it? No, he's, get, he's asking for you to give your whole heart. Okay, because what does the Bible says? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Okay, if you would begin to go around this morning and ask yourself the question, what is really important to me? You would find that whatever is important to you is where your passion is and where your passion is, is what you invest in. You might say, I don't invest in anything. I promise you, if you were to begin to look at things you spend money on, you would begin to find what your passion is. You would begin to see that. And we all have things we're passionate about. I think what God wants from us this morning is he wants us to get to a place where our passion is the kingdom of God. Right? Where our passion is the things of God. Where our passion is is doing things that are going to last forever. I want to give a quick example this morning. I thought this was amazing. Really, really amazing. How many have ever heard of Borden? Ice cream, milk, butter, that, that guy, Borden. I, I actually told a whole story about him one time, so if, if you don't know the story, that's for another time. But mentioning him, he gave up his entire inheritance, um, uh, or, or really not give up, gave up his inheritance. Instead of taking the inheritance and running with the company, he left his company that was left to him by his family, Borden, and went to be a missionary to the Muslims. And, and so when he got over there, listen, I'm going to just quote this little part. There's a better story about it. But it says William Borden um, died in 1913, and he was born in 1887. If you do the math, it wasn't very long. So this guy is in Cairo, okay? How many have heard of King Tut? His his name is actually a lot longer, but I'm glad they said Tut, so I don't have to try to uh, pronounce it. He says that these these missionaries went to Cairo, and he said, I want to show you the grave of, of, of uh, William Borden. I want to show you the grave of King Tut. Watch, watch the difference here. Borden, a Yale graduate and heir to great wealth, rejected a life of ease in order to preach the gospel to the Muslims. Refusing even to buy himself a car, Borden gave away hundreds of thousands of dollars to missions. After only four months of zealous ministry in Egypt, He contracted spinal meningitis and died at the age of 25. Now think about that. That's somebody who gave all. Okay? Now that's a a way up there standard for some of us. Okay? Some of you are like, I'm not even in that league. Amen? You know what? Why? Why not? Why can't we be in that league? Maybe we don't have millions of dollars, but what was it that William Borden understood? He understood what really mattered. He had a Yale degree. He was very smart. He had everything that money could buy. And he said, this is not what matters to me. And so he went and he preached the gospel. And then he said they went to his tomb. And they had to wipe off the dust on the tomb. And after describing his love and sacrifices for the kingdom of God, this was somebody narrating what they had seen William Borden do in his life. Here's what what the, the inscription on his tomb said. Apart from faith in Christ... There is no explanation for life. That's somebody who had millions of dollars and a Yale degree, amen, and gave it all up to preach the gospel. Okay? That's all. 
Now listen to King Tut. Then they go over to King Tut ex- ex- exhibit. Anybody in here been there? Seen it? I haven't either. King Tut was a boy. I did not know this. Many of you might know this. He was only 17 when he died. He was very young. Listen to this. He was buried with gold chariots and thousands of golden artifacts. His gold coffin, because Egyptians believed in an afterlife, they believed that they could take their earthly treasures with them. So listen to how King Tut was buried, different from William Borden. He was buried in a gold coffin within a gold tomb, within a gold tomb that was within a gold tomb that was filled with gold. That's how King Tut was buried. And so look at the contrast this morning between William Borden and King Tut. Who do you think is more happy right now? Right now. Who do you think is more happy right now? See, he might have been happy right then when he, was, when he was writing out his will and telling everybody, hey, when I die, I want you to, all these chariots, I want, to, I, want to, I, want to, I want you to dip them in gold. All those coffins over there, I want you to dip them in gold. And when I die, I mean, he was only 17 and already thought about dying. He was already making sure. And so he had all this done. And the day he died, guess what? Here's the thing. Now, hundreds and thousands of years later, guess what? That tomb is still there. That chariot's still there. All that gold's still there. And it's just been sitting for thousands of years. He couldn't take it with him. What did William Borden take take with him? Eternal life. Eternal life. And an eternal destiny. Can you say amen? I want to close in Matthew Again, we will go back to Matthew chapter 6. Here's, here's the key this morning about what God wants from us. And as you're getting there, I do, I do want to challenge you this morning to take a chance with God in your finances. I've, I've had many people over the years um, ask for prayer for jobs and for promotions and for, to start a business and uh, all kinds of different things. And I've always told them, and I just did this recently with somebody, I've always told them the same thing. I've always asked them the same question. If, if God gives you this job, or God gives you this promotion, or God gives you this business, will you be a faithful tither? I've asked them that question. Of course, I can't answer for that, that for them or follow through with it. But I always ask them that question because let me tell you what I believe with all my heart. If somebody is going to start a business or ask for a promotion or ask for a new job, or even a job, and they in their hearts say, I will give God tithe. I promise you, God will provide that. I promise you that. I have no doubt saying that. I I don't have to think about it. I can promise you that. And I've said those exact words to people over the years. We will pray right now, and I promise you, God will give you a God job. If you, yes, he says, test me. It's in the word. And and listen, church, that's the only area in your life you can test God. He says, why don't you just test me and and see if I will do what I say I will do. And he doesn't just say provide. He says, I will open up the floodgates of heaven. And what I love, again, about what my pastor quoted is that's beyond finances. That's beyond material things. That is health. That is prosperity in your family, in your marriage, happiness, joy. You know what? I, I can be missing a lot of material things in my life that I, I could desire, maybe, and I could want. But if I, when I go to sleep at night and I know I have given to God what is His, I can sleep it with peace, regardless of any desire I could possibly have in my life. Amen? Don't you want to get to the place where your satisfaction comes from God? Now listen, this does not mean that you can't have things. Nowhere in the Bible. Matter of fact, if you go to the Old Testament, man, there were some rich people in there. Solomon was the richest man who ever lived. Jesus was was buried in the tomb of Joseph, who was a rich man. So it wasn't that Jesus was shunning away rich people. It's okay to have things, but here's the thing I always say, as long as the things don't have you. That's okay. As, as long as God knows that, that that's, not your, that's not, not your heart. And here's another thing, as long as God knows, I, I remember my pastor said this too one time, I love my pastor because he's bold. 
He, he preached one Sunday morning when I happened to be there. He said, man, there's a lot of nice cars out there in that parking lot. And he said, I think some of them are stolen. He was just making a general statement. Amen. Maybe those, why do you say that? Because maybe those cars were bought with money that was not, that was God's. Amen. I would rather drive, listen, I would rather drive a broken down car that's blessed by God than a brand new car that's blessed by me. I would rather, I'm serious, I would rather know that what I have is blessed. It don't have to be a lot. If God wants to give me a lot, praise God, but I want what I have to be blessed. Look at Matthew chapter 6, and I'll close with this, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves. This is so interesting. Now, before I read this, many of you have heard this, so don't start thinking about lunch. Really pay attention to this, because this is powerful. Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, notice he does not say don't lay up treasures for yourself. He says it's okay to lay up treasures for yourself. He says just don't do it here on this earth. He says we're moth and rust destroy, and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Watch this. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. How many, how many can see that there? That he's saying, I've got, and this is why Pastor Jones could say, that he has an eternal destiny. Because something is given to me that that man cannot take away. I want you to write this quote down. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. Listen to that. He he, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Think about that for a second. That might take a second for that to set in. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You know what that means this morning? Literally, literally, is that every time I invest in the kingdom of God, it is going to an eternal bank account. Now, you might say, no, it goes in a bank here and we use it to pay the church. No, that's, that's obvious. But spiritually, it goes up to a place in heaven where nobody can get to it. Now, I want you to think about this You know that in this church, we preach end times, and we preach the return of Christ, and we we preach uh, all all the scriptures. I I met someone this week that said, man, uh, Friday, matter of fact, this man says, he he says he goes to a church, and he says, he goes, do you preach end times? Do you preach revelation? I said, yes, we preach everything. He says, man, my church doesn't preach past Revelation chapter 3. And he said, "I, I, I wish he would. I wish our church would preach that. We preach the whole thing. Why am I saying this? Because we understand here in this place, biblically, that there's coming a day when the economy of this world is going to crash. Like that's a, that's a fact. That's not a doom and gloom statement. That's a fact. If you believe in this Bible, you know that there's coming a day when the dollar is going to crash. And the economy is going to fail. And there's going to be a world government that, that is not Jesus's. And so I can build up all kinds of things on this earth. Now, I want to make this statement too. Nowhere in this message did I say that it's, that it's bad to have savings or, or college funds or, or, or set things aside. Or We should. God wants us to have those things. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be out of debt. He wants us to do these things. But He also wants us to understand that if I'm doing all that and I'm failing in giving what's God's and being diligent in that, I'm missing the whole picture. I'm missing the whole thing. Because in Proverbs, he says in his word, he says, honor the Lord with your first fruits. Honor. And this goes back to sanctification. I need to set my wallet apart. I need to pray over my wallet. I need to say, Lord, this is yours. It's not mine. The job I have is not mine. The car I have is not mine. The house I live in is not mine. It's all yours. And when you give it to God, then God will give back to you. The Bible says, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Running over.
so much that you won't be able to contain. I've, I've got 25 years myself of seeing this principle work in my life. I've never been rich, but I've never failed. Never missed out, never had, had want. God's always provided. There's been some times that have been better than others. But I can tell you this, what really makes me happy today is serving God, seeing my family serve God, and being healthy. Those things are better than anything money could ever buy. How many people today have lots of money in the bank and can't buy the cancer treatment they need? Can't buy a piece. Have really nice bedroom suits. That was another thing Deion Sanders said. He said, my bed costs $10,000 and I can't sleep. He says, I got $2,000 shoes and I don't know where I'm going. That's the truth. Money can't buy happiness. But when you get the revelation of investing in the kingdom of God, there's a joy that comes that is so amazing. And you know what it does? It opens up a door for God to do things that are supernatural. He's a good God. Amen. He's a faithful God. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Father, this morning, thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us to be generous, to be givers, to be faithful, to be obedient. Lord, there's a spirit, the Bible says, called mammon. It's the love of money. It's where money has us. And God, I'm, I'm asking this morning that through your Holy Spirit, through your word, you'd give us all revelation this morning. You'd teach us all this morning that, that money doesn't have to be the root of all evil. The love of it is. And if I would just begin to trust you with what you asked me for, you'd begin to trust me with what you want to give me. And that goes beyond money and material things. It's peace and happiness and health. You even said in your word in 1 Peter, you said in 1 John, that I, I would wish that you would prosper in all things as your soul prospers. This morning, I, I know that every person in here wants to prosper, wants to bless God, wants to be obedient. But we've got to get over that spirit of mammon. We've got to say, money is not going to control me. I'm going to control money, and God's going to help me this morning. Because I want my treasure to be God's heart. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm praying this morning that God would soften your heart and he would give you his heart. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you're listening this morning to God's word, there's a connection between God and giving. God gave. It's the most important verse in the whole Bible. He gave. God's not a taker. He's a giver. He's a giver. He wants to give. He wants to bless. He wants to pour out. He wants to do great things in our lives. But all he's asking is for us to, be, to come into covenant with him and to trust him with what, he, what we have. God will always provide a way for his kingdom to advance. I'm not going to stand up here this morning and tell you if you don't tithe, this church won't make it because that's not true. This church will make it because God's in control of this church. It's his church. What I want you to see this morning is if you don't do what God asked you to do, you're going to miss out on his blessing. You're going to miss out on what God has for you individually and that destiny that he has for your finances. How many this morning, in just a moment, we're going to pray for some decisions to be made. I want to agree with you this morning, but how many this morning, more important than that, don't know Jesus as your personal Savior? You've never said the sinner's prayer. You've never confessed Christ as Lord this morning. That's what got Borden into heaven, not giving hundreds of thousands of dollars. His faith in Jesus Christ. And the reason someone would even do that was because Jesus had changed his heart. To live, to be 25 years old and only live a few months on the mission field, some people might say, what, what in the world? God, why would God let him die so young? Well, look at, him, look at how we're still talking about him 100 years later. I don't know about you, but I'd give my life today if I knew they'd talk about what I was doing for Jesus in 100 years. Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you given him your heart?
If you don't know this morning, if you're saved, the Bible says you can be saved. He says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How many could say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I'm not saved. I want to be right now. I want to know that Jesus you're talking about. Just pray for me. Just put your hand up quickly all over this place. That's me. That's me. I, I don't know the Lord, but I want to. Maybe you're, maybe you're backslidden this morning. You're, you're running away. You're lukewarm. You want to restore your relationship. You want to return. You want to come back home. Maybe that's you. Say, pray for me, Pastor. That's me. I want that salvation this morning. Amen. We're going to change directions this morning. I want us all to stand. I want to agree with you this morning. How many believe in the power of prayer and the power of decisions? I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to say this morning, hey, if you don't tithe, raise your hand. If you don't give to God, we're not going to do that. I want, I want to pray for everybody generally, and I want you to have the opportunity to make a decision this morning. And I've been doing this for 25 years that I've been preaching, an opportunity to say, Lord, today I'm going to begin to make a decision. I'm going to make a decision. Now, this is important. You don't make this decision and say, if this doesn't work out, or I'm going to do it for you know 30 days and see what happens. If you have that attitude, God knows that. It's not, it's not a let's make a deal. It's a, I'm going to be obedient to God's word. I, I, I will ask this. How many this morning have seen God's hand move when you began to learn the tithing principle? Seeing God, look at all those hands, rebuke the devourer. Seeing God's hands provide things you never could have had. Now that doesn't mean if you didn't raise your hand you don't tithe. That, 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 that means that you haven't seen it yet. Some people are new believers. And like I said, some people have been saved a long time and their, their wallet's still not sanctified and set apart to God. So I want to pray this morning. I'm going to make this general. I usually have everybody come down to the altar. I'm not even going to do that this morning. We're going to pray right where we're at. For those of you that are, that made you happy just now. Amen. <laughs> yes. Don't have to go down there today. Amen. You don't have to come to the altar. You get to. I want to pray for that decision that you, where you're at, could say, you know what, today I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to test God. I'm going to try this. I'm going to start being faithful in my, in my, in my giving, and I'm going to see what God does. Then you might be here and you might say, man, I've, I've been a faithful tither, but God is speaking to my heart to be more generous with my money. The thing I learned a lot of years ago is the tithe, when I give tithe to God, all I'm doing is obeying. I'm not, I'm not really even doing anything to bless me. I'm just obeying. My blessing comes from what I give from my money. So I learned a lot of years ago that I, how to give offerings from my money. 90% is mine, 10% is God's. So I give out of that. There, there's the story of Colgate. Many of you know that. Got to the place where he was living on 10% and giving 90. Wouldn't that be awesome? Some of us were like, man, I, I would love to do that. Well, you got to start with the 10, right? He started with the 10, then he went to 20, then he went to 30. Then he went, that takes faith. But it's, it starts with the little things. Maybe you're here and God's been putting on your heart to start a business. He's been putting on your heart to, to, to ask for a promotion at work. He's been putting on your heart to, to do something that's going to bless your family. We've got lots of testimonies in here. I could have I taken half the service this morning getting testimonies of promotions and jobs and businesses because he is faithful. But we're going to pray for those things this morning, okay? So let's pray together. And I want to pray first and foremost, that, and I'm going to say this together so not to point anybody out, that we would just all, I'm going to pray for you that if you're here and you've not been a tither and you want to start, that God would see your heart. He would, he would help you make that decision. And you'd begin to say, God, I'm going to be faithful in what God's asked me to do. Amen? Father, I pray this morning for this congregation everyone that's here listening, that, Lord, you'd break the spirit of mammon this morning in our lives. Lord, we just read a whole bunch of scriptures that are principles about where these people gave everything they had. And, Lord, that doesn't mean I'm going to go sell my house today and give all the money to, to the church, Lord. It means I'm giving you my heart. 
And then whatever you ask me for, I'll be willing to give to you. Because you know I have to have a place to live. But what you really want this morning is the decision that I would be willing to do anything for you and for your kingdom and that you have my heart this morning because that's where my treasure is. So this morning, Lord, for all of us here this morning that, that need to make that decision to be faithful tithers, to begin to say, Lord, when I get paid, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pay my first fruits. I'm going to pay my tithe to the Lord. I'm going to bless it. I'm going to pray over it. I'm going to be faithful with it. And I'm going to watch you rebuke the devourer in my life. I'm tired of running into the same wall. I'm tired of always having nothing, no matter how hard I work. I'm tired of not meet, being able to pay the bills. I'm tired of not seeing your hand move because I realize I have not been obedient and today I want to start. Help me. Help me do it, Father. Help me trust you and be willing to obey. Lord, I pray this morning for those that are here that are, that are wanting to start a business, that are wanting to, to, to not have to work for somebody and they want to step out, God, and, and, and you're speaking to them and they've been afraid that you'd give them the strength this morning and the wisdom and the guidance to be able to do that so that they can have their own schedule, their own timing, and they can really do what you've called them to do, Father. I pray for those here that are in a good place at work, but they need a promotion, not, all the, not just wanting it, but they deserve a promotion. Lord, they, they've been doing the right things. And Lord, I pray that you would show that boss, show that owner that, Lord, they deserve a promotion. And Lord, this would be a week of testimony. This would be a week where we would see miracles and, 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 and decisions made, God, that would, that would cause people to say, man, I have seen God be faithful to me over and over again. Lord, I want to pray for those here this morning that need a new job. Lord, their job is, is sucking them dry. They're not, they're not giving them what they deserve. They're not giving them overtime. They're not giving them the things that, they, that they're working for. That If they're looking for a new job, that door would open. And God, I pray for those this morning that don't have a job and need a job this morning, that you'd give them a job, that you'd open up a door this week, but that that decision would be made, that they would say, God, if you give me this job, I promise with you, but as my witness, I will give what's yours. I will be faithful. I will follow through. Lord, I pray all these things doing this. I, I rebuke the spirit of mammon, which is the love of money, the spirit of mammon that, that tries to control us and causes us to be, to be tight with the things we have. God, give us a spirit of generosity this morning. Lord, help us to be the people you've called us to be. And Satan, you are defeated this morning. Because we know that when God has our heart, He has our money. We don't want you to have our heart. We don't belong to you, Satan. We belong to God. And Lord, we sanctify and set apart our resources this morning for your glory and for your honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How many believe a simple prayer like that can do something? It can do something. Amen. I want us to sing this worship song, and we're just going to close in this worship song. And as we sing it, maybe just pray whatever the Lord's praying. Obviously, if the altar is open, if somebody wants to come down and pray. Um, but we're going to sing this song in worship. And I just want us to thank God for His Word and just make some decisions. And right before we do, I'm, I left one thing out I wanted to read. How many remember the story of Zacchaeus, Jesus and Zacchaeus? He, he was up in that tree. Well, he was a wealthy man. And he had Jesus come to his house. And I thought this was really interesting. And as Jesus walks through the door of his house, he says, Lord, here, I, I now give half of my possessions. Like Jesus hadn't even said anything to him. And he walked through the door. And Zacchaeus said, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'm going to pay it back four times the amount. That's a pretty bold statement, right? Like, I don't know where he got the four times from. I don't know where he got half his, but, but something pricked him. And here's an interesting thing. Jesus, here was, here's was Jesus' response. He said, today salvation has come to your house. There's a tie between salvation and our heart of giving. How, how can we be saved? I'm not saying that in a condemning way, but how can I be saved and accept God's gift and not give back to his kingdom. Not invest in his kingdom. Amen. So these are some good things to think about as we sing this morning. Let's just worship him just for a moment before we close.
See your heart. 